On this week's episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast, we talk to author Matt Fitzgerald of How Bad Do You Want It? What's up, competitors? Welcome to a brand new Compete Everyday Podcast. My name is Jake Thompson, and I'm excited you're here. But more than that, I hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving. I hope you were able to spend some time with friends, with family, with the people that you compete for in life. I'm excited about today's conversation with Matt Fitzgerald because if you are a member of our Compete Everyday Book Club in 2019, then you recognize his name as the author of our November book, How Bad Do You Want It? It's a deep dive into the world of endurance sports and the mental performance side of those sports. How did people attack the challenges and mental roadblocks they continued to face? How did they learn to overcome the things that held them back in their mindset? And so if that sounds like something of interest to you, I'm going to challenge you to check out the book, How Bad Do You Want It? You can find a link directly in our show notes for that book, as well as a link to Matt's other books and his website, which is all around running endurance sports, pushing the boundaries of mental performance. So I think you're going to get a lot out of today's conversation as we dive into Matt's own journey through endurance sports. How did he learn to push himself, to challenge himself, to get his eyes off of the finish line and the placement and train himself to compete every day against his own previous best to start pushing his limits and discovering what he was actually capable of? Before we dive into this week's episode, I have a quick request. I know it's the holiday times, and so if you have been shopping on the Compete Everyday website, if you took advantage of our limited Black Friday collection release, I just want to say thank you. If you haven't yet grabbed your first Compete Everyday shirt, tank, hoodie, hat, gear, then would you do me just a quick favor? I bet I bet you thought I was going to ask you to go make a purchase. I'm, I'm going to save that card because what I ask of you is that you'll share this episode with someone you know that enjoys endurance sports, someone that's into triathlons, into running, into maybe CrossFit and other sports where it's isolated you against you. I'm going to challenge you to share this episode, introduce them to the Compete Everyday Mindset, the Compete Everyday Community, and help them finish 2019 strong and put a strong foot down to starting 2020 in a whole new mindset, whole new attitude, and whole new outlook on life. And so if you have not jumped into the store lately, would you do me a favor, shoot an email, send a tweet, share a post on Facebook, but introduce someone you know to the Compete Everyday podcast, and let's help them understand more of the mental game, how they can level up areas to win their work, their workouts, and their life. Now, without further ado, I'm excited to welcome to the show author, Matt Fitzgerald. Compete Everyday Podcast. Great to be with you. Man, I'm I'm excited for this conversation. I appreciate you having some time for us today. I know I reached out uh, because our Compete Everyday Book Club was diving into one of your books, How Bad Do You Want It? Uh, but you've written quite a few uh, books around just the space. I know running's been a passion not only with you, but with your family uh, from a very young age. And so I'm curious for someone that's that's been active all your life, I know you got out. You talked about getting out of it a little bit uh, from the competitive side uh, in your in your lifetime, but getting back. What initially reignited your fire to be competitive again after really growing up just running and competing? Yeah, it was kind of accident, really. You know, um, 
you know, I ran, uh, started running when I was 11, quit at the end of high school. And I remained, I became kind of a gym rat at that time. I, so I was still exercised, but I just, my cardio fitness plummeted and I gained a whole bunch of muscle and a bunch of fat too. Um, and then I just, uh, I happened to get a job with a startup endurance sports magazine when I was 24. Um, and it was just really being in that environment uh, that reignited the spark. You know, at that time, you know, I had no intention of ever being a competitor or endurance athlete again. Uh, but, and I, you know, even when I started running again, I didn't have any particular goal in mind. Uh, but just one thing led to another, you know, as a lot of endurance athletes can attest to, it's a slippery slope. So once you take those first few tentative steps on it, uh, you're, you can end up taking the full ride. And I certainly did. Yeah. One of the things that I'm fascinated about your story and a lot of the stuff you shared is especially in endurance sports. Uh, I feel like the parallels with life are so similar in that in endurance sports, a lot of times you're surrounded by people, but it's just you and your thoughts. Like if you're running a marathon or half or even just a 5k, like there's people all around you, but it's you and your thoughts, which continues to be an ongoing dialogue. Like we see every day walking to work, being at our house, whatever. I know you've talked about, and you're pretty open and sharing that you were a major head case for a while there and, and really had to learn to reframe that almost baby steps. What was kind of the, I guess the signal point for you to say, I've got to completely just focus on this piece of it. Uh, instead of worrying about my times, I've got to rebuild my mind before I rebuild everything else. Um, and then what were some of those first steps that look like? Yeah, so when I was, I think, 27, um, I did my first triathlon um, completely unprepared. It was just a, a spontaneous de decision to jump into a triathlon that I should re really had no business doing. Um, not only did I, I didn't own a bike at the time. I hadn't, I hadn't swum any distance in years. Um, and I was hung over on the start line. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just a disaster. And you know, it, I did it as a lark, but I came away from that experience, which was, you know, painful and also a bit humiliating. Uh, just, it, it, it gave me a sense of unfinished business from when, you know, my high school running career had ended so whimperingly, you know, I just, I guess I was a head case and I let it beat me. Um, and I thought that just giving up the sport would solve the problem. But then, you know, when, you know, nine years later, I just, did another endurance race on a lark it, it 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 just gave me a sense that i had to finish something i had left unfinished it, it, it really blindsided me I, I didn't see it coming but that was it you know i just remember on the plane uh, back to california uh, i was on the island of saint martin where i did that triathlon and i, I was just resolved I, I wanted to do another race as soon as i possibly could and it was it was the mental battle that i wanted to to win how do you, if you, if you do remember or can share with us a little bit, what was that one race like for you? Because on the one hand, I feel like for a lot of us that sign up for races, uh, and I did my first half marathon with zero training and it was just kind of one of those, you almost don't have pressure because you're like, I didn't train for this. Let's just let it fly. But on the flip side, you've got that voice in the back of your head of like, you should be a lot better than this. You should be doing this. Why are you doing this kind of thing? What was that experience like for you, that first triathlon? Yeah. You know, for me, it was two things. One was, you know, there, I guess there are different kinds of head cases. Uh, 
<laughs> the kind that I was, I, I, it, it wasn't the pressure to win that got to me. It was the, the fear of the, the suffering. Um, so I, you know, I was one of the better runners, high school runners in my state. And I liked competing. I liked winning. Um, I didn't, I, I didn't, I wasn't afraid of competition, but I just did not like the pain. Um, and when I did that first triathlon, it's a good thing that I didn't know what I was getting into because it was, you know, by far the most painful race I had ever done. Um, but, you know, I, I, I was in the midst of it before I knew it. So I couldn't really, you know, shy away from it at that, at that point. And so it, it was partly that I thought, okay, this sucks. And I want to get good at, at this kind of suffering because you know, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't at that time. Um, and then also, you know, I was, I, I finished almost dead last in this, this triathlon. And, you know, I remember that I used to be good. I was an all state runner for crying out loud. And, you know, my girlfriend was there watching me, you know, fail. And that was embarrassing for me. And so that was the other side of it is I wanted to sort of prove to the people, you know, I imagined everyone just laughing at me. Uh, they weren't, but that's the way I sort of imagined it and I, I wanted to sort of you know prove that I was that I was talented you know that I could do well in this type of thing hey competitors wanted to take a minute to tell you that you can save 15% on any order this month by using the code Merry Christmas at competeeveryday.com that's the code Merry Christmas all one word We'll get you 15% off any order at CompeteEveryDay.com. Now, back to the show. You, you've mentioned something there, and I've heard you share it before in an interview, and in that a lot of athletes go into an event, there's the fear of failure, of losing, but there's also the fear of suffering. And that's something I can relate to as well of, of, from a, a running standpoint, even the fitness standpoint. You, you've done a workout. Maybe you're going to repeat it to try to get a better score and you just know you have to go in that dark place and you don't want to. They take two very almost, I would think, two different approaches to going into the event to prepare for that. But what have you learned just in all your work in the endurance space over the years about how people approach those two types of fear? Yeah, I mean, you know, again, for me, it was the, the big one. The mountain I had to conquer was the fear of suffering. And a big part of what, you know, you know, I truly have overcome it. Um, and, and I think a, a big part of it for me was actually making that the goal of the races and, and the harder workouts. It wasn't, um, you know, a means to an end anymore. It was the end, you know. So I stopped actually, you know, really judging my performance based on a time or a, or a position, you know, in the you know, finishing standings it was like did I leave it all out there and no matter what my time or you know finishing place was I wasn't going to congratulate myself if I knew I could have gone harder it didn't happen overnight but that sort of you know just conscious intentionality um, made all the difference it was really half the battle it was only half but, but I mean just once I made that an explicit project the, the west the rest was just sort of grinding through it and getting a little bit better every time. I sort of liken it to stage fright. Not that I've ever been an actor, but I think it's sort of a, a lot of, I know some actors and they, they'll, they'll say the key to overcoming stage fright is just getting back on stage again and again and again and not giving up. I, I love that. And I love that concept because it ties in very well to, we have a phrase here at Compute Every Day we use called end on empty. 
The idea of everything you've got exhausting the tank in every pursuit. Um, and so hearing you talk about getting your eyes off the standing and the scoreboard and just, did I exhaust myself? Did I give everything? Did I get into that dark place is comforting. And, and so along the same lines, one of the things I've heard you share in the past that I, I just loved is the idea that every person that's won a race, won an Ironman, won an event has had a ton of bad workouts along the way. But most of us get stuck in our head of we had a bad day, we had a bad work day, we had a bad training day. And instead of focusing on how do we get to that next one, we keep replaying the bad one. And for a lot of people, it derails them and, and helps them quit. Did you ever have those issues of running into bad training days along the way that you just mentally found yourself in a, that cycle of repeating? Or, or what have you seen has helped you and other racers get past that bad day to just say, you know what, it's part of this training process? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's important to have a, a short memory as an athlete, and that's champions do, you know. Um, you know I, I love that uh, there's a, a chapter in one of my books that's titled, uh, We're on to Cincinnati. It's a, a quote from Bill Belichick, the coach of the New England Patriots, and that's pretty much the only answer he gave in an inter interview after a bad loss is that, we're on to Cincinnati. Like we just, we've already forgotten that we just got our butts kicked <laughs> tonight. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny, but it's also, there's a lot of substance to that. Like you have to just, you know, you can't, uh, there's, there's a psychologist named Carol Dweck who, who talks about two different mindsets, the, uh, the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset. The people with a fixed mindset, when they face a challenge, they, they view it as a judgment on how good they are. And if you, so if you have that mindset, you can't let bad workouts or bad races go because each bad workout means it's internal judgment. Like if you have, if you're a runner and you have a bad race, it means you're not good at running. If you have that mindset, the growth mindset is, Hey, whether I have a good day or a bad day, I'm getting something out of this. And not only is it just a lot more, it's kinder to yourself to have that, mentality but you actually will grow more because you're not afraid of challenges you're not afraid of failure even it's not that you want to fail but you you realize that failure has just as much value as success and so you shake it off and you know in my work i'm fortunate to be able to spend a lot of time around a lot of champion endurance athletes and they've all got this you know it's really the the serious amateurs like me who tend to get you know, too myopic, too focused on how did I do today and lose sight of the big picture. Yeah, I'm curious about that because of a lot of your work is around just, and if you go, anyone listening, one, we we covered Carol Dweck's book, Mindset, in the book club earlier this year. So I love that reference and the reinforcement in, in this specific context. But so much of your work is around the endurance space and profiling different stories. I mean, how bad do you want it? it has all these different stories of how these people battled this mental side. But earlier this year, you came out with a very personal book, even though you shared personal stories. I'm curious what uh, inspired you to write that memoir earlier this year and really kind of open up more into your life versus the bits and pieces we've seen in your other work. Yeah, I mean, it was more than one thing. But, uh, you know, for me, partly it's that, um, you know, I see no real partition between athlete and human being, right? It's not like when you step onto the race course, you flip a switch and you're, you know, athlete mat versus everyday mat. Like, so 
you, the same psychology that you bring into work and relationships and you know other challenges you face in life those same strengths strengths and weaknesses are going to determine how you perform and how you experience uh, the race um so you know for me it was just that's part of it you know i i have you know, I sort of present myself as Mr. Expert guy who's got all the answers, but you know, I'm, that's not really the whole me. Um, and I have, you know, I, I have, I've had kind of an interesting life journey that most people who just read a book or two of mine don't know anything about. And I thought just, you know, sharing that story um, or my story uh, would just be something that a lot of athletes could really relate to. And and sort of just be able to apply to their their own lives um, and sort of understand that, as my dad likes to put it, everything goes in the soup. <laughs> there's, only, there's only one soup pot and everything goes in it. Um, so yeah, I mean, so, so, you know, life is hard for everyone in one way or another, um, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. And, and you know, the, the challenges that you face and overcome in life can uh, benefit you as an athlete and vice versa, you know, working on overcoming mental obstacles as an athlete can actually help you grow as a human being and help your relationships and your, you know, your career and, and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't think it's a surprise that you see a lot of successful people in, in a business realm that are very active in their personal life in terms of, of training or running or, or working out and, and vice versa, because those skills are very transferable both ways. Uh, as someone, I uh, want to wrap it up, but as someone that obviously understands growth mindset, buys into growth mindset, and is around the endurance sports space almost 24-7. How are you continuing to challenge yourself uh, with each year as we get older, as you continue to put out great work? But how do you challenge yourself mentally to constantly kind of push yourself just a little bit farther each and every year today? Yeah, I, I like, I'm a very passion-driven person. So, um, you know, one thing I, when I was much younger, I used to wonder, you know, when I get older and I start to slow down, what's going to keep the fire lit? Like, am I just going to quit and start golfing? Not that, not that there's anything wrong with golf, but I just didn't see what would, you know, keep me interested, like where the journey would go. And I just see how naive that was in, in retrospect. You know, I'm, I'm 48 now and just as passionate as ever. And the journey is taking me new places. So, you know, it just it, it just comes to me like I'll, I'll i'll get completely focused on some big challenge like two summers ago i i trained with a team of professional runners in flagstaff um so it was like sort of my george plimpton moment you know where i i just threw myself into the fire and it was an incredible adventure of course i wrote about it um and then when that was over i'm like okay what next and i just took some time and it came to me i was going to do my first iron man in 17 years and try to beat my 31 year old self at 48. And so that kept me focused for a while. And then after that, it was like, what next? And uh, it just, something always comes to me because I'm, I'm, you know, the hunger's still there, the curiosity is still there. And so I just, I let passion lead me and the rest kind of takes care of itself. Have you identified what that 2020 target is for you yet? <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple of things uh, in the works. Uh, one's more of a 2021. I'll, uh, it's codenamed uh, Project Cherry Pick. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm going to be a little cagey about it. Uh, okay. More to come on that. But yes, I've got. I've got. 
I've got a couple things. In the love list. it. I love it. Matt, so for anyone listening that enjoys the conversation, we're absolutely going to include links to the books we talked about as well as your other ones. But where can we best follow along with your work online and learn more about you? I guess the place to start would be my personal website, which is mattfitzgerald.org. Awesome. And we will link to that in the show notes. For anyone else that's active on Twitter, uh, give Matt a follow on there as well. Uh, he puts out some good content, shares a lot of his past content as well as everything in the endurance space. That's how we got connected after I'd been a fan of his work. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for making time today to hang out on the podcast and share more about endurance sports and, and just your journey. You bet. It was fun. Thanks again, competitors, for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast, your weekly home to cultivating the winning mindset necessary to excel in your work, your workouts, and your life. To connect with the show, learn more, visit CompeteEveryday.com. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. Visit CompeteEverydayPodcast.com to learn how you can get connected with other everyday competitors. Contact the show and find resources to help compete for your best life.